Hello and welcome back to the Tez News Podcast. I'm your host, Joshua Morris. We're back with a slightly new format this week. I'll be taking a whistle-stop tour through some of our headlines before handing you over to our reporters as they take a look at the big story of the week in a bit more detail. So without further ado, these are the headlines of the week. First up, the NEU have criticised the new and unusual DfE stance on pay talks. The NEU teaching union went ahead with a two-day teacher strike this week and said that 300,000 members were taking part. It also strongly criticised the DfE for meeting with the other main education unions this week, but refusing to meet the NEU unless it called off the strike. Next, more than two-thirds of school staff think that their workload is unmanageable, according to an annual survey conducted by TES. The findings were revealed this week in the TES Schools Wellbeing Report survey of 5,858 UK-based school staff. You can find that report at tes.com forward slash school dash wellbeing dash report. Elsewhere, it was announced on Tuesday that Ofsted subject lead inspectors will work as advisors on Oak National Academy's expert groups. However, Oak has said that the Ofsted advisors will not have a formal role in defining or recommending its curriculum. And on the subject of Ofsted, the DfE is seeking an outstanding leader to be next Ofsted chief. The government has formally launched the search for the next chief inspector to replace Amanda Spielman. A job advert for the next HMCI has been published, revealing a drop in salary from the 198,000 paid to Ms. Spielman to 165,000 for her successor. And finally, what do schools need to know about the 2023 budget? Earlier this week, the Chancellor, Jeremy Hunt, set out an ambition that the parents of all primary-aged children will be provided with wraparound childcare in school by September 2026. The Treasury told TES that the funding to local authorities and schools would taper off by 2026, when it expects most schools will be able to deliver the provisions self-sufficiently, funded by charging parents. More on that story now with joint TES news editor Charlotte Santry and correspondent Callum Mason. Hi, I'm Charlotte Santry. I'm the joint news editor at TES and I'm joined by Callum Mason, uh, our correspondent. And he's been covering the, one of the big stories um, of the week that we've been reporting on from, at TES, which has come from Budget Day. And Jeremy Hunt set out some fairly well-trailed plans this week, it's fair to say, um, including quite a bit which doesn't affect schools, like the uh, energy bill, Announcement. Unfortunately, that's that's not going to help schools. Correct me if I'm wrong, Callum. Um, there's plenty in there. I think for people with big pensions to celebrate. But there's also been a fairly big announcement for schools. Could you maybe talk us through that? Just uh, the, the the main thrust of it for people who haven't been following it on the news. Yep, absolutely. So I think we knew from last weekend, the start of this week, that there was a big announcement coming on childcare. I think that'd be as you as you suggested. That's been quite widely trailed. Um, and in the Chancellor's speech on Wednesday, we got a fuller flavour of, of what's been offered. And for schools, that means what's been called wraparound care, um, where Jeremy Hunt set this ambition for schools to basically provide primary age children with care at the start of the day and the, the end of the day. Um, so we got a little bit of detail in the speech on how this would, how this would work. Um, so basically, it's going to be between 8pm and 6pm Um primary schools are going to offer offer this care. Um, once we'd had this speech, we get sort of the broad flavour. I think we started looking through the document and looking, you know, how this is going to be funded. Um, I think 
what the Treasury is saying there is that they're going to provide this startup funding for schools to get this going. You usually think of startup as sort of like Bitcoin or investing or something, but no, it's going to be wraparound care for, for schools. So once they've had this money to sort of set this up, they want to get it going by September 2026. And then after that, it sounds like schools are sort of on their own a little bit, really. Um, so we asked the Treasury, how's it going to be funded? And they said, after after we've put this startup funding, schools will become self-sufficient. So they'll they'll use parents' fees, basically, to fund, fund the care. Um, so it's going to be rolled out over the next few years. And then it will hopefully, if the Treasury plans work, um, it will be going from 2026, essentially. And as we were watching it from the newsroom, there are some other immediate questions that people are asking within the room and also outside figures from the sector as well. What, what are the kind of details that people were asking for and were there other things that you were trying to get hold of, other answers you were trying to get hold of? Could you just talk us through the process of who you went to, who you asked and whether you got the answers you were looking for? Yeah, absolutely. So obviously we had to go to the Treasury and clarify sort of how it would be funded, how that would work. That's that's quite a key question because you, you hear in the speech what, what's going to happen. You often don't get those sorts of details. And I think whenever there's an announcement like this where there is essentially more work for schools, the key question for the sector is, do you know, do you think this is feasible? How are you going to do it? So we went to to school leaders and sector leaders, went to Stephen Morales, head of the Institute for School Business Leadership, and said, you know, what do you what do you think? How how do you think this will work for schools? Um and as you'd expect, the announcement's just come out. So they're waiting to a degree to find out. The detail, but one thing that Stephen Morales flagged, um, Jeff Barton from Ask Union also flagged, is that we're in a recruitment crisis, I guess. So the question that schools are going to be asking when they're sort of consulted on um, from the government is, how do you expect us to staff this? Um, and then there's also questions for specific schools. So a lot of schools offer wraparound care already, um, but the ones that don't will probably be perhaps smaller rural primary schools that don't have the resource. It's about a third, isn't it, that Jeremy Hunt said that don't currently provide yeah, wraparound care, but we, we don't have a breakdown of where those schools are and what kind of schools there are. If, if they are, you'd expect them to be generally the smaller ones, maybe in rural areas, is it is it fair to say? Yeah, I mean, that's, that's absolutely what sector leaders suggested, that it would be those rural schools. So one thing that Jeremy Hunt did say in his speech was that it can be done, they don't have to do this individually, so they can do it as a partnership, so two schools can sort of maybe work together to provide, to provide wraparound care between them. But again, that's going to be difficult if you're a, if you're a rural primary school with no other schools near you. Yeah, not, um, not going to be that useful for a parent. He's got to do a 20-mile round trip. That's very true, yeah. The nearest yeah. school. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I think at the moment, the stage we're at is that the sector leaders are saying they're going to ask questions, basically. Three years till this is fully implemented, and I think there'll be a lot to iron out, really. Uh, I don't think it's as simple as sort of announcing it, and schools will just do it. They're very definitely going to be stumbling blocks. Schools are struggling to recruit for the roles they have at the moment without adding extra, extra sort of jobs and tasks in. No, am I right in thinking that a lot of these um, wraparound uh, clubs or after-school clubs at the moment, they're staffed by TAs, aren't they? I mean, know that there's a big crisis with recruiting TAs. So, I mean, that, that's an obvious question, isn't it? I mean, you mentioned it earlier, are they going to find the staff for these, uh, for the care? And I, I think lots of, I've had lots of um, organisations asking the same questions. So we, we haven't really had an answer to that yet. Exactly. So that's that's one of the questions that I asked Stephen Morales, actually, and he said, yeah, it's, it's TAs that would usually fund this. Um, there's problems with TAs often leaving the sector because of the, the low wages that they get. Um, and if you want to attract people to 
to do those jobs, yeah, they're, they're probably going to have to be paid more. Um, so that that will be a, a key question, I think, that sort of comes up again and again. Yeah, and, and you've written a lot about this in the past, haven't you, about um, struggles of schools trying to recruit TAs and the fact that a lot of them are finding that jobs in the retail sector are paying, are paying more than schools can afford to pay them. Yeah, we did a piece last year, um, I think, in about the summer term or the, the the start of this term about how a lot of TAs were leaving sort of supermarket jobs where the where the work is more flexible in terms of the hours and the and overall the pay can be better. So there's a problem with retention. Uh, and yeah, I've spoken to heads in the in the past few months who said they will advertise a role and maybe get none or one or two applicants where they would often get in the past sort of several. Um, so yeah, I think attracting the sort of quality staff is proving difficult and this will be adding to that burden, I think. Yeah, so there's lot, lots of questions to be asked. Another thing that I think we all commented on when the details of this started to be leaked out earlier on in the week was around how similar it sounded to another policy that had been a big flag, flagship policy that's been uh, announced recently by the opposition party. It's, uh, it's, it's not that different, is it? Yeah, so it's interesting. I think, yeah, what we've definitely noticed in the past few months is that a lot of Labour policies, they haven't announced a lot of policies, I think it's fair to say, but the ones they have have been quite childcare focused. And there was one last year that they announced about breakfast clubs, which is a form of wraparound care, I guess. Um, and they announced how this would be funded and they said it would happen before school. And yeah, in a way, this seems like quite similar to that. I don't know if it's the Conservative Party trying to sort of, you know, jump on the jump jump ahead of Labour and, and offer something that they've got as a big announcement. So that could be the case. Yeah, well, it's interesting that childcare is becoming such a big political battleground, um, but uh, that schools are being drawn into that as well. Yeah, I think I think childcare has become a battleground, hasn't it? Because of draw, they want to draw people into work who, who, are, who, are, who are leaving the, the workforce. But yeah, schools are almost, not collateral, but they're sort of a, a side thing that schools are going to offer this, aren't they? And I think it's a thing that we often hear from schools that they feel like they are becoming sort of an extra pillar having to make up ground for other other areas of society that that maybe aren't well funded and I think they'll probably feel this as well with this. Okay, well there's lots still to be ironed out there it sounds like and I'm sure that we'll be following all the twists and turns as as it goes on. Yeah, for sure. Um, So thanks, thanks for listening and um, if anyone's listening who has any thoughts on anything that we've discussed today then do get in touch it'd be great to hear what you think especially if you're working in a school and might be affected by by the plans that are announced this week okay well bye from us till next time